0: Kick it and go, kick it and kick it and go Here's the forms, been moved in zone? go, let's go
1: Welcome, guys, to Kieran's Corner, our very new segment for this off-season. We have your team, your say, and on episode one, we have a very special guest. Not only is he the lead singer and guitarist of the hottest rock band in the UK, the No Good Sons, he is also the lead singer-songwriter for Colorado Blues, the hottest blues duet in the UK, my friend and yours, Mr. Kenny Waterhouse. How are you,
0: friend? What's up? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Living the lockdown dream. But uh, yeah, we're cool. Man, Thank you, mate. Honoured, you know, episode one. Blessed and honoured to be here.
1: Well, you are the reason I'm in the position I am today. You got me into football. Uh, You're the reason I coach. You're the reason I'm allowed to talk shit like this about football constantly. (laughs) So it's only fitting that my first... Uh, you know, the first guest talking about their team would be somebody who got me into football in the first place, <sighs> the Houston Texans. Kenny,
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, man, like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, right? Episode one is going to be off the hook. Hey, you know, what can I say? Uh, I, I started with the, the Texans, I wanted something that reflects my music. Uh, all my music is blues rock. Uh, so obviously that comes from the likes of Texas. So you're either swinging Cowboys, that's uh, you know swinging Dallas, swinging D's, or the Houston Texans. Uh, for me, it's all about Texans. You know, JJ Watt. We'll get onto that. <laughs> but yeah, we're good.
1: But before we talk about what drew you to this team, let's talk about last season. <laughs> How do you feel about last season? Uh, well, let's start at the beginning with Bill O'Brien getting rid of. Uh, deandre hopkins because i think that really started the the monumental collapse that you guys had this year
0: uh, it really well you say that right don't get me wrong trading away deandre hopkins you know and, and what getting david johnson as a running back as a replacement it's like you know somebody's saying i will give you my uh you know my dodge challenger uh, if I can get a Pontiac or, or you know, if I could get like a Skoda in return, you know, that's like, what's up with that? But let's not forget that it's not all going to be about Bill O'Brien. Okay. And this is something that I do want to, to to stress highly. You know, Bill O'Brien has been planting the seed for the last, I don't know, two, three years, the demise Bill O'Brien getting promoted after the colossal implode when you're 24 nothing up against Kansas City in the playoffs uh, and to implode the way we did to then get promoted was just like man there's there's a lot of names that float around you know whether it's going to be you know Jack Easterby uh you know the snake that he is and and how he's wormed his way up to the top and I mean, he must be sucking off Cal McNair on a regular basis because his missus looks bored as hell. So, you know, Jack's got to be in on that all day long. But the buck stops with Cal McNair. You know, the the, the craziness, the, the, the lunacy of that trade. You've got to think, who sanctioned that? There's no way Bill O'Brien went... You know, we just blew 24-0 and we've just got, like, tanned by the Kansas City. By the way, I've just gone and uh, traded away to Andre Hopkins and I've got a Skoda in return that can average 2.5 yards on a good day. And Cam McNair was like, yeah, all right. By the way, you're getting promoted. Well done. <laughs> something, something is rotten in Denver and I ain't talking mile high. I'm talking really stinks in the back office there. And it comes from the top. You know, don't get me wrong. I hate Bill O'Brien. I hate this play calling. I hate this playbook. it uh, was stagnant. You could tell when when Deshaun wasn't listening to Bill O'Brien and he would he would do his thing and he would play like he did back in the day at college football. You know that was Deshaun when he's bust, you know playing those moves, playing those screenplays. That's college football. That's what he knew and he played his way. Bill O'Brien is way too conservative. So I'm happy that he's gone. The trade of Hopkins – as you said, let's talk about that. Everyone thought we were going to tank in our offense. Everybody thought, you know what? That's it. You've traded away his, you know, number one wide receiver. Uh, you know, but then you look at the, you know, the, the 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 tools that he had. Okay, you still got Will Fuller when he's not popping performance-enhancing drugs. You know, right at a critical point of the season when we really need a full arsenal of uh, wide receivers. Yeah, QT, Brandon Cooks. A lot of people slayed it when we got Cooks, right? I thought, all right, if we haven't got Hopkins, we have got Cooks. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty good, man. You got Will when, he, when he's conscious. Yeah, but then you've also got. Let's let's talk about, um, you know, you got you got Darren Fells as well, man. Like he he played some pretty sick moves as well about the whole season. You know, just when you think everyone's marked up, bam, Fells comes out. We lost to Andre Hopkins, yet Watson still ranked number one in passing yards. What was it about four thousand eight hundred?
1: 4,823 3, yards. He never had yeah. a game. but look, He only had one game all season where he threw less than 200 yards.
0: Right. Last year, okay, last year he threw 3,800 yards. This year without, you know, that's the calibre of Deshaun Watson. You take away his number one wide receiver. And, and to think as well that when you're limited – when you know your game, your game's when your offense is about the running and the passing. If you can't run the football, <laughs> most games he actually got more running yards than our running back. <laughs> he,
1: so, I, I don't think anyone's like I don't think think anyone's ever going to argue the fact as well that in terms of talent, Deshaun Watson is a top three quarterback in the league. In, in terms of talent, he's up there with like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, man. If us, if Deshaun Watson, I know I go off piece slightly, but if Deshaun Watson had the tools that he, you know, that Patrick Mahomes had, if he had the tools, of pretty much any team, uh, you know, chuck him in the Titans, that would just be he'd have the running game, you know, Derek Henry, and then you'd have, you know, AJ Brown, and it starts to ignite. The fact is, the Houston offense this year was pretty good everyone thought we would tank he got his highest percentage uh, of completion 70.22 percent he threw 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions 33 t- touchdown passes is his highest in his nfl career seven internet uh, seven interceptions sorry is his lowest in his nfl career so the trade of deandre hopkins crazy madness highlights the situation going in the back office, but didn't hold Deshaun back.
1: Yeah, I, I think even, even if you kept talking, I think maybe you're looking at MVP season for Deshaun Watson. because so I think the main ah. thing that hurt him was not having the wins and while Hopkins is only a wide receiver, you've got to see how much that opens everything else up on the field. And you've got a guy like that on the field. You've got to keep your best corners on him. You've got to have your safeties bracketed on him. You've got so much to look at with just that one guy on the field. And we saw it with the Cardinals. He was leading yards throughout the year, but also he was opening up other parts of that Cardinals offense due to the fact that he was just on the field. So, I think that was one of the stupidest fucking trades that's ever been made in NFL history. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you.
0: It was. It was ludicrous, man. I mean, I've never seen anything so insane. That no, was uh, bullshit.
1: Like, 100%. Let's, let's not beat around the bush.
0: Yeah. I, 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 but again, you know, it's not just the, the, the Hopkins trade. You look at the other people around the organisation that were suddenly getting booted. And then it transpires that B was like, you know, you you got people who've been there for years who've got a really good rip with the team, but apparently there's this, this coach of character, yeah, right, character in my ass. Like he turns up and starts ousting people while sucking his way off to the top. Yeah, I'm the- burn when Bill O'Brien was fired, and he probably had a hard on walking down to Cal McNair's office to be told that nah, you ain't gonna be managing the team. It's yeah, we're gonna get. It was just.
1: He used to be. Everyone loves him. He's a man of God, but apparently he can't fucking pray for a better team. He uh, he sabotaged you guys because I think after last year, you obviously won in the first round of the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills, who this year were, as I predicted, exceptional. Not gonna yeah,
0: they were too much there, great but... this season, man. Uh, and I, do you know what? Halfway through this season, I was uh, I was I was putting them for underdogs for, for making it quite far in the playoffs because they were just they were grinding. They were I had them win the
1: Super Bowl from week one and oh, they had, they put up a very, very good match against the, the Kansas City Chiefs because they played the defense the exact way the Bucs did. They just didn't quite have the personnel or the guys with the football IQ to, you know, switch up assignments on the fly. And I think that's what hurt them in the long run. Patrick Mahomes or uh, no, we can see he can easily be shut down now. But let's, let's talk a little bit take it back further than this season what what originally drew you to houston
0: oh man the texans so,
1: specifically
0: yeah i think like again it, it goes back to my musical roots uh so i i you know it been a, a blues rock guitarist um and i've had this really unhealthy relationship of always wanting to go to texas which i finally went to not Last year, the year before, we uh, went to Austin the first time, which was just the bomb. Um, in fact, yeah, that was my, my first trip to the States. And uh, we, we delayed our flights by a day. We flew into Denver because my missus' friends live in, in Colorado. And uh, we delayed the flights because we were supposed to fly on a Thursday night. That's right. We pulled them forward to Wednesday because Thursday night was uh, Denver versus Kansas City. So we went to that game did you enjoy was, it oh man that was just incredible i mean you've obviously got the nfl here in the uk which we go to you know um but it's you know you can't compare it to the atmosphere over there the national anthem the flyovers all of that uh so it was cool but yeah austin was great uh, At the time of my life uh but yeah i just wanted a team that kind of looked looked like they were they had the potential, you know, to go somewhere, you know, to, 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 to build upon, to build a franchise. And, and, and I remember the draft night, you know, when we got Deshaun Watson and everybody was just like, you know, especially in the UK, what makes here we're just like, who have you got? And I was just like, hey, you have not seen this college football. This boy is legit. He's going to be the next big thing in the NFL. I was so happy that we got him. Man, literally. I, I can't think of many quarterbacks in the last five years that have come up in the draft to perform the same way yeah you can put Lamar Jackson but then you look at the arsenal that he's got you got Patrick Mahomes you know I'm not taking away better
1: passer than Lamar Jackson as well let's just be clear about this
0: yeah oh yeah totally man But, but just you know I think again and let's let's Talk about the season just gone, you know. All right, yeah, it was a four and twelve season, and it was it was dog shit. And, and, and but we're talking losses of about three points just you know three points or seven points. Uh, all in, we're not talking completely, you know, getting smashed. We're talking poor decisions, poor decisions on the field. By the offensive coordinators, by the defensive coordinators. When you go for two, when you know you've got plenty of time, just go, just go for the post. Yeah? Don't go for two, because if you if you fuck that up, it's going to cost you in the long run. And sure enough, it did. You know, I think the last actual game I enjoyed of the season was actually Thanksgiving, uh, which was the Lions game, uh, which which is great from the Texans, because you think? Yeah, actually, yeah. You know, we we, we put. Uh, I think the week before that, we actually did the Patriots. We then go on to, to do the Lions and you think, all right, we're getting some momentum. And then it all just correct. You can say that we had a a pretty brutal line uh, you know, schedule. What do we have? We had Kansas City as our opener. Then we had the Baltimore, Ravens. Then we had Pittsburgh. Minnesota. yeah, Tennessee two like, weeks Vikings later. The Tennessee game, I mean, god, I still remember that. Like, you know, you go into overtime, and it's like, all right, as long as you don't let like, Derek go, you're the ball in overtime, you'll be fine. And then he flat out runs 90 yards. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> no one can stop one the drop. Beaver, man. He, he is incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But you know, I, yeah, you know, the, the history of the Texans, I was and everyone talks about the Oilers, you know, but. The Texans, relatively new franchise, they looked exciting, uh, but there was a, a very short-lived honeymoon period of that. The Sean came in, obviously, then did his ACL, uh, and um, but you know he's he's going to keep the franchise going if he stays <laughs> for at least another year, maybe not playing. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen there? I'm sure we'll discuss.
1: Yeah, well, I've been throwing my pennies in a while, wishing that the Patriots would uh, make that some sort happen. of aggressive move to go and get him. I think the rest of the NFL would hate that, but you've also got the talk about maybe Miami trading two or away and some first-round picks to maybe get him, which I think would be very exciting. Another thing I'm going to suck myself off about, I said before the start of the year, Dolphins were going to have a top-eight defense. I got laughed out of the fucking room, and I was wrong. They had a top-five defense. Mm. So, you know, the, the, the Patriots now are in that shit spot where we're not the best team in the AFC AFC uh, East anymore. Uh,
0: I like it though. It's so, the, the whole league, you know, let, let's think back when you and I used to watch it in the UK, you know, and, and back when you look, when the Patriots, man, when you look at the schedule for the year and you basically, all you would do is run your finger down that list to find a day that you play Peyton Manning for the Denver Broncos. That's the game that you look forward to. That's the game you think, all right, this one's gonna be which way is this one gonna go? You know, but Brady versus Manning. That was always a great game. Always a great game. Now the dynamics of the game have changed easily in the last 10 years. These new quarterbacks that are coming through, it's a lot faster game. It is a lot more fast-paced. A lot more you know? pass heavy. Yeah, man. And 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 you look at the new blood, and, and let's 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 talk about the Cleveland Browns. You know? What look a what I Yeah what absolute dynamite team and, and i really thought they were going to edge kansas in that playoff man i you
1: know I, hands off to kevin Stefanski. To hands off to kevin Stefanski. he right? has been an and all baker needed was that stability once he got that stability a guy who knew how to use him a guy who realized that hey baker's highest completion percentage were on play action passes We've got two of the best running backs in the league that's ran the fucking ball down their throats and when it's a third and short, hit them with a play action over the top and that worked all season.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, absolute blinder. But yeah, it's a much wider game now. You look at it and you think, man, win, wins can go anywhere these days. You know, I, I think only out of all the weekends I had one weekend when my accumulator came through. One weekend and that was it. <laughs> You know, the rest of it would just be like, I did not see that coming.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing I remember. We'd be sat in the monument with with some chicken wings or whatever and and, and the beers in and everyone yeah. sat there see, seeing what their accumulator is going to pick up. And I remember that every, many a weekend where OT was getting fucked by his own jets every single fucking weekend. <laughs> yeah, and he never man. learned he always hedge bets on the jets. So I was like, come on, man, you, you know better than this now. But... Yeah. Uh, this is the thing we talk about on the podcast. We are a UK based company, even though I am living in Cincinnati right now, everyone else is UK based. And we're talking the other day about how rabid the UK fan base is. It's not like in America where you will get somebody who will put the game on in the background and sort of like half pay it. Every UK NFL fan is a hardcore fan. They rep their team and they go to as many games as possible, despite how expensive it is at times. And How do you feel like the NFL has progressed in the UK in the last like five, 10 years since you've been watching? How have you seen the game
0: evolve? Man. So like the easiest, so the easiest way to tell straight up is um, you look at the attendance and the amount of games we have in the UK. When I first started going, I think my first game was the San Francisco 49ers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was game two of two. And then it started up in, you know, and I had season ticket, you know, a couple of us had season tickets. It's no tree OT, Louie, me. Uh, so we would go. And then I think it got a little bit silly when you paid, I think it was like 120 quid for three games, which is amazing. Considering the Broncos game cost me 150 bucks per person, but you know what? It was worth every dollar. Um, but when they had the three games and you had Wembley, Twickenham and then back to Wembley and uh, they gave me my Wembley seats for 80 quid, so it works out yep, 40 quid per game, so yeah anticipating 40 quid for, for Twickenham and they went, no, nah, we want 100 quid for that one it's like so if they don't pay it, I can't then renew my season ticket, it was a bit bit of a dog shit move really, I wasn't too happy but yeah, it is what it is but I've noticed as well over the years that you find less and less people saying, "Oh, you know, can't imagine them being much of a fan base in the UK for for NFL." I, I even in Newbury, uh, I got a couple of people that wander around here with Green Bay uh, beanies. There's a Pittsburgh fan running around. Obviously, you've got our crew. Oh, yeah, we've got Eagles, Jags, Ravens, Jets. You know, it, it's, even it's Dan Foote's
1: a Pittsburgh fan.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing.
1: I, I know, I know, I, I, know I joke about it uh, to him a little bit about how shit the Pittsburgh, were at the end of the season, but you do have quite a diverse fan base, and when you go to the games at Wembley, and Twickenham, American fans might not really understand, but it's not fifty percent, you know, one team, fifty percent the other. Everyone's wearing their colours. You, you yeah. walk down to go find your seats, and you'll see Bucks, Chiefs, Green Bay, Jets, Giants. You will see every
0: single, you see every no trouble. Yeah, no trouble. I will put my hand up because it was my first game. But when I went to the uh, Denver Broncos versus Kansas City Chiefs, you know, guess what shirt I was wearing? <laughs> right? You won. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. No word of a lie. I went wearing a Texans jersey. Now, not only were they confused because they was a Texan fan doing it at the, uh, the Mile High game for the Kansas City game. And then when I started talking, it's just like, this dude's English. <laughs> like, yeah, so I'm a Brit. Wearing a Texas jersey in Colorado at a Kansas City game.
1: <laughs> Imagine how I felt when I went to watch the Super Bowl, and the night before, I'm in a bar in Atlanta wearing a 28 to three jersey.
0: Yeah, that was well, uh, that <laughs> didn't go down well, mate. That
1: was. They thought I was brave.
0: Yeah, yeah. but no, the, the fan base, yeah, it's it's getting bigger, it's getting stronger uh, every year, uh, and you can tell. I think um, it definitely it's encouraged the new uh, NFL channel on Sky uh, because it's now just 24-7 NFL, although I have managed to record about 48 games for the off-season. So I can Crack just it. put on any, any game I want. You know, I, I would watch, I mean, I'm still obviously Red Zone, uh, unless I think I watched about two Texans games, Kansas City and Detroit on Thanksgiving. Those are only two games, and those got to, are two got games too that sad I don't have. While, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the fan base is getting bigger. Like I said, Sky Sports introducing that channel, which is brilliant. Um, uh, and just, just, I'd see more and more people even around Newbury with, with NFL jerseys and stuff, man. So yeah
1: yeah it's not as much as just a fashion statement anymore cuz i know you go to shops like dapper street or whatever and they got like some miscellaneous like uh, hats and stuff that i think people just buy out of curiosity cuz it looks good or the colors rather than you know they actually have any knowledge but the the knowledge is getting deeper with the fan base and how far do you think the uk is away from getting their own team at this point
0: a long way away a long way away man i mean i know there, were, there was talk and there were ideas floating around for quite some time, man. I mean, we're talking about five years ago when there was all the talks of the Jags actually being, you know, a UK franchise. You know, you had the owner of the Jags then trying to buy Wembley when it was out of lease from the FA, uh, from the FA, uh, from, from the football. Um, and then that all fell through at the last minute. There was a lot of backhanders there, though, I'm telling you, because um, that was i mean that was a sweet legit deal but yeah Yeah, it was a billion Um, pounds that's a lot of fucking money (laughs) that's a lot more than that in backhanders i could tell you
1: oh yeah probably have to pay a few people off to be able to seriously look at that
0: but the yeah i i think we're a way off and you've got to look at the logistics of it as well i mean I, i just can't see how it's gonna improve i mean if they do that what are they going to do in terms of the nba you know we get the nba over here once a year they two years ago they just introduced the uh major league baseball uh and we had the yankees versus the red sox game over at you know the olympic stadium it was supposed to be last year as well as the second year but obviously with the uh, coronavirus. um but yeah it, you know if, if you introduce that i think it's going to spoil it i think it's going to taint it slightly, and don't get me wrong, it would be great to, to have a franchise and you could you could go all the time and go see one of the teams fly over and, and let's not kid ourselves, there is enough money in, in, in the National Football League for, for people to afford to, to come over and do their thing, you know, do their jam, but I just I think it would ruin it. You've got to have something to look forward to, right? And for me personally, I look forward to the UK games, you know, that time of year when you think, yeah, I've got a bit of spare you know, bit of uh, cash, so I could probably float a a second-hand ticket or something and uh, go up and see what seats I get. Yeah. I think permanent...
1: No hope of the old England Patriots, then.
0: (laughs) Never going to (laughs) happen.
1: Yeah, it's just... It is exciting to see the game evolve in the UK and we see it all over Europe now. There's professional leagues popping up everywhere. We see it in places like the Netherlands and Germany and Italy, they've all got fairly well-established leagues now to the point where players are able to get paid and able to earn a substantial wage. It's not NFL money by any means, but they're earning more than what the average person earns in a nine to five, if not the same amount of money. Uh, and, we're getting there with the UK side of things as well. Britball, that's a very big thing we talk about on the show. Proceeds of the book that I've told you about are actually going towards developing Britball in the UK. Um, so, do you think? Once we see more development from the NFL Academy, we see guys like George Reynolds coming up, Fred Pellin, also a guy who's just been recruited to North Arkansas State by the name of Sedru Traore, Treores, a massive wide receiver at six foot four. Do you think now that we're getting more talent like that, and obviously guys already in the NFL, like FA Obada, Obi Melafonwu and guys like that, do you think it takes that many players to be able to have the UK team? i
0: am still not sold on it, man. I, still, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but you, 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 Don't get me wrong, right? There's, 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 there's. Uh, t- as you, as you know, man, there's like teams in the UK already. You know, there's, there's, there's f- American football leagues in the UK. These guys are getting so good that they're actually, you know, flying over to go and play in whether it's college football and then going on to play, you know, straight into the NFL, like you said. But I don't think it's going to be a case of is the UK going to going to become like a source of breeding ground for these future players, you know? Don't get me wrong, I think we're going to see a lot of players going over, but I don't think it's going to be enough to form a UK team, you know? And I don't know. I just don't know what it would do to the league. I I can't think of the bigger picture as what it would do to the league, you know, in terms of the the amount of teams and because, okay, you get one over here, you're going to have to get another one in the States or you're going to get one in Europe, don't forget, whilst I mean, what about Mexico? You know, they had a couple of games on, on their little world tour down in Mexico and get, Canada. Exactly. They're going to get like teams up in there involved. And then it's, is it still the NFL? Are, they, are we then talking about more of a, a, a Champions League esque style? Well, well, that's the boy. thing, when you
1: look at it, the NFL is very unique in the fact that it's the only professional North American league with no Canadian teams uh, and no minor league system. Because you go to MLB, you've got guys like the Toronto Blue Jays, you got Edmonton Oilers in the NHL, and then in the NBA, you've obviously got very recent championship winners in the Toronto Raptors. Uh So I think Canada will probably get a team first, but then they're also competing with the Canadian Football League, which is it predates even college football in the US. Because uh our Uh, learned viewers will know that the Canadians and the Scottish actually invented American football not as we know it today but they were first to play the the certain rules they have now nearly 200 years ago so I think Canada's probably the prime candidate but with the amount London gets packed out for for games what six games a year in some cases now I think the case could be made that Maybe London is ready. And I know people think traversing an ocean is a little bit crazy for a team, but college football team, uh, Hawaii, they're a very respectable D1 team. I was just trying to put my words carefully. They're shit, but they're a D1 team, basically. <laughs> um, they have to fly 5,000 miles, some cases, to play, to play games in the US. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that a, a British team could make it work, but they definitely wouldn't be able to play eight games a year in the uk unless there was some serious infrastructure put behind that and obviously not all players are going to be willing to spend eight, ten, twelve 12 weeks abroad every year away from their families or have to uproot their families and move them especially american-born players say if you are like a player from florida or something you're not going to have to want to uproot your family and move to a different part of the world rather where you could just move two three states away so i think I think personally we're 10 years off, but it sounds like you're thinking more 20 years.
0: I think 10's a good figure, to be fair. I think between 10 and 15 years. If the franchise keeps, you know, it, franchising the organization keeps doing what it's doing, keeps getting plugged. Like we said earlier on the show, you know, that the, the fan base is getting bigger, the hunger is definitely there. It just takes somebody to think of the actual logistics the first step was buying Wembley, uh, the Jags owner buying Wembley. That, for some reason, did not go through. I don't know why. Well,
1: if you look at the Spurs then, ground, though, that was built with the NFL in mind. They literally have an NFL pitch underneath their regular pitch. So,
0: uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, they do. I, I know you don't we like gonna, talking, about talking about Spurs about, as a <laughs> fan. But. I was going to say... Man, yeah, you're really trying to uh, stoke the fire, there, aren't well, we? Well, come on, um,
1: Cronky's not going to spend any money on that sort of shit. He's just he nah, just went nah. out and got Matt Stafford, so uh, <laughs> I don't think he's going to want to spend any more money.
0: No, I can see it being a quiet summer for Arsenal this year. That's for sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good move though. Good trade. Oh, that was a very good move. It was the smartest it trade great. he's ever made. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a good one.
1: But yeah, it. it... You know, when that happened with the Spurs ground and the news came out they were building it with the NFL pitch in mind and stuff, I think it really gave a lot of UK fans hope that, oh, shit, we might get a team. Will the Jaguars just change their name? Will we maybe get the London Monarchs back? Because... If you're like me, I loved watching those old NFL EU games. When you when you like learn about the NFL EU, and you're like, "Oh shit, we actually had teams. Why don't we have them anymore?" So I yeah. think it'd may be maybe interesting to bring that back, bring the World Bowl back. They need to bring it out uh, on an elephant like they used to. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about how you first got me into the NFL, actually because i don't think a lot of fans actually know this because now of course i i coach uh, and i do this and i'm very embedded in the football world to a point where i think when we first met you probably wouldn't have guessed this with the path i would have gone down
0: no, so, no I mean, you're, give you're the fans a the rundown States. Mate, i have slept and drunk a lot since those days so i'll <laughs> let you take point because i'm like do I even remember? I remember the first time we met, and obviously, yeah, but the actual flows of the conversation and the style, man. All I know is that I'm a I'm, I'm, I'm proper jealous, man, because, like, you know, lifelong dream to live in the United States and, and uh, you know, do what I can, you know, musically or, or whatnot. And, uh, and like I said, here you are. When we met, you know, you were not you massive on the football, and, and then here you are now, like you said, coaching, yeah, talking about it and, and living in Cincinnati. So um, I'll let well, you... Well, I think uh... it was
1: by chance. I played a Madden game and then I mentioned to you one night at the pub because the fans don't know this, but the Monument is a very famous pub amongst our friendship circle. The mm. amount of stuff that has happened inside and in the vicinity of that pub is almost legendary amongst a certain group of people in Newbury. <laughs> and I think one time, like... You always were. You were drinking a Budweiser and your whiskey, or, or your moonshine. That was a particularly raucous night when you brought <laughs> moonshine to the pub that yeah, tasted like apple that. cinnamon. And I was like, "Oh shit, this is the real oh, deal." Yeah, yeah, it was
0: the apple pie moonshine, wasn't it?
1: That was. Yes. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> but I remember you'll one night. will me- be
0: fine. Yeah,
1: I love it. I mentioned to you Madden because we had each other on Xbox or whatever, and I could see you play FIFA in that And you mentioned how how are you finding it? And I said, ah, a bit confusing. I'll probably get the hang of it. And then like a couple of weeks later, you mentioned you had some old football gear you could give me because uh, I, I hadn't picked a team yet. But I said, I'm from England. I probably picked New England. New fuck all about them. Uh, and you, gave, you sold me a Brady jersey and a couple hats, which yeah. I still have to this day. And then that was it. The second I had them, I just immersed myself into football. And here I am six, seven years later sending kids you know trying to get kids to go d1 and then writing about football podcasting about football making uh videos about football just my whole life is football even at this point where i'm sat recording i have a football so
0: <sighs> we've both got <laughs> wilson college balls hey fantastic uh, this, this, this is where i work uh, so this is actually my uh, the music room this is uh where i work but it's, uh, it's my uh most most meetings. This this just right when people start talking, annoying me. It's just like my stress ball. It's my stress relief.
1: Yeah, but I, I went from um, knowing nothing about football to my autism kicking in and me knowing fucking everything about football within the space of like two years. That and the then
0: rain man of uh, uh, NFL. F- <laughs> yeah,
1: even the mustache. And then uh, a few years later, it progressed into me coaching people and then writing about football, podcasting about football. I'm not going to mention it too much, but I've got a book coming out soon with the college fo- football podcast guys. So uh, I need to thank you really for just you giving me that push after I gave you the offhand comment about Madden about getting me to the position I am today. Cause I wouldn't be in America without, um, everything that's happened. So I am eternally grateful
0: to you. Oh man, bless for, you. For, you know, so putting cool, me in this I mean, position. It's uh, it's funny where our paths lead us, right? Yeah, it really is. It's uh no nah, man, those were mad days. The, the moonshine days, they were. Whew, yeah. Uh, there,
1: there were a few nights where uh, I don't remember <laughs> getting home. Yeah. Where uh, we've we've had people like Simon smoke half a joint and pass out in his bar stool, or you know Phil and Dan have fought someone in the street, or Neil's got too drunk and fallen asleep on the floor in the like. The amount of fun we had in that bar was fucking unreal, and it was the most cramped piss smelling <laughs> bar that I've ever been to but is the most character and most fun I've ever had in a bar and when they renovated it and they gave us that back room to basically watch football in it was yeah, fucking man. amazing
0: that uh, was those yeah yeah the NFL days you get all the wings and then uh, all the food and everything we uh, used to congregate every Sunday to watch the games and so, like Tristan would have his uh, tablet with him so he could have red zone on or like the Baltimore game and like yeah uh, I, I love the
1: you... I think one of my ma- last memories of watching a football game in the UK was I'm not sure if you came to the walkabout with us for the NFC championship game with the egregious call with the Rams versus the Saints and they, they oh, closed the I kitchen that they closed the kitchen I was with like OT and Dan foot and Jake Morris and all that. And they closed the kitchen and I said, Hey, I'm fucking hungry. I'm ordering dominoes. I'm ordering wings. And there's like, you can do it, but when it gets here, just pour it in one of our buckets that we serve the wings in that, that was one of the last sort of uh, memories I have of it there. I was, I was so drunk that night. So drunk.
0: I think one of my, my favorite, NFL outings. I said before the monument, we used to go to me and Tree used to go to Bar Sport. Um, so this might have been before we met, actually. Um, but yeah, we used to go to Bar Sport and 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 they'd be like dead on a Sunday night, except for two idiots that would blow about eighty quid on just alcohol and food. Like we'd have dinner, you know, we we we'd have our foods so, like full rack of ribs or whatnot, but we'd have the halftime wings as well. Got to and be done. Come, come Super Bowl Uh they would um oh yeah they had Samuel Adams on tap man Oof. that's how good that bar was Oof. Sam Adams on tap four pints of that <laughs> hey yeah sh- shame the owner <laughs>
1: fucking drunk it all away.
0: Eh? <laughs> yeah exactly and I remember I'm, I'm in America Super Bowl. what's he gonna do to me Patriots versus Seahawks the uh, the infamous Super Bowl final with uh, what you gotta do is just give it right Just he's gonna Since run it smash
1: on Lynch yeah
0: Yeah, just give it to Lynch. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I remember all these Seahawks fans were just like, you know, as you would be, you know, there's four seconds left on the clock. You've got one yard to run. You're going to win the Super Bowl anyway, right? Uh, But no, 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 no. They they, uh, they cocked it. And uh, but I remember sort of finding the manager passed out on the floor, like back office on his way to back office. I think he'd like started going up the steps and was just like, gave the fuck up. Yeah, but uh, that that place was the bomb. And they used to they used to like have. they used lock up and just be like, "All right, we're gonna do staff training, but you two can carry on watching the the uh, <laughs> the football." Like, go. I was gonna <laughs> say again.
1: my favorite, uh, one of my favorite memories of us watching football is when we went to Tree's house to watch Super Bowl Fifty One,
0: and I bought a, <laughs> yeah. and
1: because I'm a cocky little dickhead. I bought a bottle of champagne. Do you remember? I bought that little bottle of champagne with me. Everyone there wanted the fucking Falcons to win. And at halftime, I was beside myself. I, I was fucked. I didn't want to speak to no one. I was drinking extra. I was I was fucking done with it. I was done with the world. And we used to watch it in the morning. So what it was about?
0: about, what's 10 about?
1: Yeah, 10 a.m. And I was beside myself. And I remember coming back in and I sat on that little thing in front of Trees TV in front of the couch. And everyone everyone looked at me. I was like, I'm okay, <laughs> don't worry. Tom Brady's <laughs> got this. I didn't truly believe that in my head. And then I remember the the argument that erupted when Edelman made that catch. Yeah. Everyone but me, everyone was like, it's not a fucking catch. I was like, it's a fucking catch. Watch the fucking play. And then you go, oh, I think he caught it. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, then, what do you call um, that?
1: I was like, yeah, we're, we're fucking coming back and I will never let anyone live that fucking moment down because
0: my highlight of that one was uh, when I gave you the heart. Of, what was it? Oh, man, they were some pork scratchings.
1: Oh, the Carolina Reaper pork scratchings. Carolina Reaper I held it man. together for about three seconds. Uh, I was like, boy, these
0: ain't you shit. You and OT were just like crying. Oh, yeah, I know what's funny. I drank the beer it made it worse. Yeah, don't don't ever do that. No, and then
1: tough. OT went in for seconds. Fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, Luke yeah. I had to, first time I had them. I had about six in one go, and then I had to like sit down because I went so lightheaded. I was like, I'm literally going to sit down before I fall down, man. <laughs> did
1: you get Steve to try them in the end?
0: No, man. He wasn't having any of it. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you remember? Um, I gave one to uh, Biker Dave, and he had um, the end of the pack, so he did the old tip the packet up. Oh, and the dust did. all went in his eye, and then He's the next time I saw illegally. him, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, next time I saw him, he was in the toilet. His eye was just like bulging, <laughs> like, like something had like a Total Recall, man. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> you don't yeah. do that, mate. <laughs> uh,
1: as we get towards the end of the show now, we'll, we'll sort of take it back to, you know, we're, everyone's going to be enjoying these crazy anecdotes about me. Almost crying at a Super Bowl and the the Patriots potentially losing a yeah. game, which this season has become reality more than a dream. Uh, but what do you think the future holds for the Texans organization and what can they do to get back on track?
0: Well, man, the first thing you got to do, let's not let's not be around a bush, right? <clears throat> David Cully's got a lot of work cut out for him. He's got to convince Deshaun to stay. Not only is he going to, you know, convince him to stay. It's all very well people saying like he's under contract to stay. He might sit it out. He don't care. It's not going to devalue him. It's just people are going to get him for, you know. So David colley has got a massive, massive job. As is Nick you know, Casero. He's he's got a lot to do. If they can talk to him and calm him down, and 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 and. And, and do all that. Let's not forget there's two sides to it because he is under contract. He is young. He can go very far in the NFL. What he does now will actually determine what kind of teams would think about him. You know, if 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 if, if he does refuse, if he does plan to sit out, what's that going to say to another team who wants him? If we don't give him what he wants, he's just going to play it like he did back in the days of the Texans. I'm not saying he's in the wrong because I'm with him, because I'm furious with, the, with, with, with Cal McNair. He knows nothing about uh, running uh, an NFL franchise. He inherited it from his dad. He clearly doesn't want it. It's give it to somebody who clearly does and wants to stress how important the Houston Texans can be. We finally got a franchise quarterback. We're making plays. Bill O'Brien's gone. That damage is going to take about three years to repair. I'm talking cap space. I'm talking, you know.
1: Draft picks, everything
0: draft picks, the whole lot, okay? Yeah, what have we got to improve? You've got to improve your O-line. Yes, they did a lot better last year protecting Deshaun than, you know, uh, the previous two years. But Deshaun did a lot of his ducking and weaving wizardry. You know, he's out of the pocket about 64% of the time because he doesn't trust him, okay? you got to start your running game, which I know Cully will be addressing straight away. Instead of just having Deshaun Watson on you know two dimensional, all I can do is throw it or run myself and get injured. Uh, let's get the running game going. But the biggest thing we've said: four thousand eight hundred and twenty-three yards, seven interceptions, and three passing touchdowns. The offense is not the problem. The defense. All right. Now In the front if office. <laughs> let's you know, JJ. What going? All right. Could have traded him. I know he's got big capital behind him, right? I know he's got, but in the the situation that we're in at the moment, if he wants to split and part ways, that's fair enough. He's given everything to Houston. I don't think he would have actually said, oh, I'm not very happy with this. If the McNairs had said, look, we love you. You love us. You know, let's see if we can sort out. You pick where you want to go, and then we'll negotiate some picks for you, and then we'll make sure you're gone in the next month or whatnot. That's what I would have done, man not now go yeah it's fine man we love you cheers bro thanks for everything you've done bye All Right. when your defense is the only thing that needs fixing well let's not say the only thing but the main thing that needs fixing and jj what is going to go now Deshawn is going to be like oh hold up i know i've got no trade clause but you just said he could go I didn't even want picks for him so what's it going to take for me to actually voice my opinion it's a balancing act man you've got to keep everyone happy these are the problems. But well, the ahead. best part
1: about Deshaun Watson's trade clause is it actually says that he gets a say. Yeah. So, so it, some bum team, let's say oh, Ot's going to the fucking Jets. <laughs> yeah. Let's say the Jets try and pick him up, he can say no. Yeah. Uh, and they cannot not trade. And he's him already
0: because... said he's already said that he's interested in a couple of teams. Miami number one for me personally. Whew, if he he does go to Denver. It's kind of like my second team, you know. First place I went to the United States, and I love it. I would actually ditch my plans to move to Texas to actually move to Colorado. Colorado,
1: you, you, you're not a fan of horse cock lock? No,
0: nah. <laughs> I was massive uh, on him he, like,
1: like last year. I wrote probably about three articles on how uh, he used the future of the Broncos. He showed,
0: he showed potential, right? But it's difficult shoes to fill, man. I mean, the Broncos legacy stopped when, when Manning left. All right. And, and it's been different. Those, those are hard boots to fill. Well, Elway was
1: the guy there. Like, if you're going to live up to anyone, I know Manning yeah. was only there for, what, four years or, or, or in total. But him and Elway, you've got a lot to live up to when two of the biggest quarterbacks in that team's history have been Hall of Famers. It's rare that you have... Talent like that, two guys who are generally considered two of the best to ever do it, they're they the shoes you've got to fill. And who they've had yeah. in that time has been like fucking Tim Tebow and Kyle Orton and Jay Cutler. That's all you've had in the interim. Yeah, so, not really.
0: But look, let's, uh, I, I digress. I keep digressing, man. So, that they've got a lot of fixing to do. They've got a lot of holes to fill and they ain't got no filler to fill it. So, how they are going to convince Deshaun Watson to stay? on a ship that is sinking when you ain't got nothing to plug them holes. It is a mammoth job, uh, but I do think David Cully could do it. Um, I'm genuinely excited to see him come in. I genuinely think that he's got the potential to, to actually do something. Deshaun said that he wants to see a complete culture change. He wants to see a mentality change. And I really believe that Cully can bring that culture change. Bill O'Brien, has destroyed the franchise in terms of it. Unfortunately, everybody blames him because he is the front face. He is the face that you see on the side of the pitch or did see <laughs> lucky for Alabama. Huh? Um, but man, they mental for that pick. Uh, can I just say, hook them. look, go Longhorns. All right. fuck Longhorns Longshorns. as an LSU uh, fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: remember year before last we showed up and they, uh, we showed up to Texas and they wore shirts saying, we're the real DBU. And LSU oh, said, wow. oh, fucking really?
0: <laughs> my, my, my neighbor, literally next door, uh, he's uh, from he's Georgia, Georgia Tech. So um, his dad was a Longhorns fan. So when he invited me to watch Georgia versus Alabama, uh, I went over wearing my Longhorn shirt. And uh, whew, right that was interesting 10 minutes
1: <laughs> we we have a regular hate segment on sam ellinger the uh, oh, uh on, on our podcast uh lee my co-host is not a fan of sam ellinger to the point where we were thinking of uh, you know maybe buying him a sam-, sam ellinger jersey for christmas one
0: year but so uh i've ordered one it's uh, yeah. it's going to be here next week
1: well i'm excited Even though- about the next guy up
0: Yeah, but again, again, I digress. But let's talk about Sam just for two seconds, all right? He's now put himself in for the NFL draft.
1: Fifth round at best.
0: But if the Broncos could pick that up to replace Locke...
1: He's not not a patch on Locke.
0: Oh, well, I don't know. Locke Locke
1: was in the SEC for 44 touchdowns. uh, And the SEC is for the best defense.
0: Let's, Let's talk about what we know with the Broncos. What was uh, Ellinger's uh, pass rate season just gone? Sixty four percent, 64, 642 percent. Pretty good stats for for, for college man. And I, I I know NFL is a whole different beast, a whole different league. But I would I would, I would dig to see uh, to Ellinger to, to, to actually go see him at Broncos man. That would be that would be boss. I think they could build on that if they've got that in the fifth round, you know. I think you're right. I think fifth round pick at best. He's no, you know, Baker Mayfield, Mahomes or whatnot. But yeah, I think he'll do well.
1: He's also no Deshaun Watson. And the big part of this is he's 25 years old. He's only a fucking year older than the best quarterback in the league right now. And Joe Burrow shouts to my boy, Big Dick Joe. He is only (laughs) a year older than Joe Burrow. And he has four years experience now in the league. And yeah given the way quarterbacks play and how long they can play, you're potentially looking at another 15 years. It, him in the league, maybe a tiny bit less. But do you think that the, the Texans can potentially, if they coax him to stay, they can rebuild and become a Super Bowl team? Because you clearly have a top three yeah, quarterback in the league. A doubt, man. everything else that's fucked.
0: If they keep holding Deshaun Watson, man, the sky's the limit. Let's not forget that the offense isn't the problem. The defense was, all right? We just shipped in too many points, okay? We've got to work on our, on our you know, on our safeties. We've got to work on, 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 on that secondary. But I think David Culley will really do that. Nick Casero, right? He's quite a hands-on guy, you know? I hear reports like saying he's down there on the training pitch. He's the one putting the cones out, you know? on the phone making deals and then he's back and, and, and doing this, that and the other, right? He, he's a hands-on guy. That already is a culture change that Deshaun Watson's talking about, yeah? If they can sort their defence out, stop shipping in so many points and just let Deshaun do what he does with the tools that he has. I know we're talking about, you know, potentially, is Will Fuller going to go or not? You know, Are they going to... But now that they've freed up a little cap space with uh, with JJ going... It's not impossible to say that they may actually retain Fuller, you know?
1: I think you grab Chris Godwin in free agency to give Deshaun a a reliable number one. Mm -hmm. You go after maybe a half-decent running back that you could probably pick up in the draft. Um,
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Draft for sure. For Patterson the
1: out of Buffalo is fantastic. I'm not going to talk about his 400 fucking yard game or whatever it was because it's college. That doesn't really <laughs> matter when you get to the NFL, but he's a reliable running back. You can maybe go after Chubba Hubbard or something in round two or three. You got so many options. And in terms of defense, the scouting I'm doing for the book right now, I'm on cornerbacks and interior defensive linemen. There are so many quarterbacks you can go after this year. Uh, cornerbacks that can augment your secondary straight after the bat. A guy I've been looking at more than anyone else was Ifedi Melifonwu, brother of Obi Melifonwu. He's fantastic and he's not going to cost more than a third round pick at most. So you've got options, but Nick Cassero isn't really known for drafting. He's not fucking great. Yeah. His, la- his last three first round draft picks were Isaiah Wynn, Sony <laughs> Michelle, and Nikhil fucking Harry. Now, (laughs) solid but injury prone. Sonny Michel never hit over a thousand yards. Nikhil Harry pretty much doesn't fucking exist, which is hard when you're a wide receiver six foot four. So he needs to smarten up his drafting a little bit. And I think the Texans are in a very good position if they can do that because Deshaun Watson is a piece that every team would kill for. Uh, uh, If you're not the Chiefs or the Bills at this point, you want Deshaun Watson. That's that's just a fact. Yeah. Because there's the, the Bills are only rocking with Josh Allen because he's so fucking good and he's improved so fucking much. I said before the season, I was like, I've been watching his passing motions in limited things we've seen from camp and he's definitely going to be better this year. And lo and behold, he was. Turns out, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to mechanics. Who knew? It's like I've coached quarterbacks before. But you, you, Deshaun Watson... I think in not only my opinion, but a lot of experts opinions and I I'm an expert. I'm going to say it. um, He is the most talented quarterback in the league by Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that's a a debate because he has the arm, he has the speed. He has the athleticism. We saw it at Clemson and we've seen, we've seen it at the Texans as well when he's not been injured and, making up for the terrible O-line that's been put in front of him. I know last year he had Laramie Tunsil or whatever, but it felt like everything else. Like It felt even the soul was stripped out of the team because of how defeated they were. And JJ Watt said, I'm sorry for wasting it, wasting one of your years, but he is the key piece. All you need now is. is try and acquire some draft picks and you can rebuild this team. You've got average cap space. You've got some later round draft picks that you can really augment things with if you draft well. So I don't think the Texans are totally lost.
0: It's all going to go down to two things. It's going to go down to keeping him and it's going to go down to the drafts. Uh, Yeah, I try, you know, me, man, I always try and see light on both sides of the coin. If we decide we're going to trade him, even though we're not, Cal McNair has said, you know, it's not going to happen. Unless not Forget, I know he officially requested a trade. He's not got it. He's not stupid. He's an athlete. He's not gonna to want to sit out for a whole year. He will play. I don't think Deshaun is the kind of character. I, I, I hope I ain't wrong. You know, that's not. I've I have i have read up on him. I've got his book.
1: Yes. Passed it on.
0: All right. Straight up when it came out, I was there. He's humble he's worked so hard to get to where he is one shit year he is not going to just throw in a you know throw the toys in he wanted to be involved in x y and z he didn't get it for whatever reason that as well as all the other ridiculous things going on behind the scenes is down to a man who simply does not know how to manage a franchise football team but if you bury that if you're an athlete all right Christ, if the Arsenal fans were listening, Arsenal players acted like Deshaun Watson, right? There'd be no Arsenal football club for the last five years. (laughs) Yeah, true. Right? These guys want to play. They get paid, but they want to play because they're athletes. Deshaun Watson's not a guy who just wants to earn dollar and do nothing. I, I do not believe that for a second. If you read his book, man, he earns his corn. He does everything that he can to be the person that he is. right? I love the guy. I genuinely do, man. I think he's a straight up decent human being. I think he's up there with the likes of JJ Watt in terms of human beings, the way he is. Uh, and, and he's earned this spot. He will bring greatness to, to Houston. I hope that he does stay. Uh, and if he does, I think in the next three years, three, we will see a Super Bowl ring in Houston.
1: I, I, I think that's a very reasonable assumption as well. well. Well, this has been Your Team, Your Say for Kieran's Corner this week. I have been your host, Kieran Patterson. You call me all the names under the sun. You can call me Wave Chappelle. You can call me Vanessa Hutchins. You can call me the Freshman Phenom, Horse Cock Lock, Big Dick Joe, whatever you like. And with me has been Mr. Ken Waterhouse. Give us your socials and any upcoming projects you have coming.
0: Hi, man. So, um, firstly... Humbled and blessed to be on the show. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Um, I hope uh, people feel the, the vibe from the UK for the uh, for the NFL scene, and I uh, hope it continues to grow. It's uh, KP mentions uh, uh, frontman, songwriter, and guitarist from No Good Sons. So we we did drop our second album last year, uh, Sim Reprisal. Bunch of idiots because like we should never really. Here's a top tip. Here's a top tip from your Uncle Ken. Never release an album during a global viral pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is Uncle Ken's top tip. Never do it. Never do it. Um, but we are working on something else behind the scenes. So uh, keep an eye on the uh, No Good Sons. But we're on the usual platforms. We've uh, we've got some some professional, professional uh, videos up on YouTube. All right. Check it out. No Good Sons. Other band, Colorado River. Check that out as well. Me and Mrs. Blues. Well, it's actually Country and and Folk Duet. It was a blues, as you mentioned. But uh, we we ended up writing all like Country and Folk. So it's just literally Country and Folk Duet uh, Acoustic. And uh, we will be starting to write some stuff uh, and record some stuff on that as well. But um, no, that's it, man. Just uh, stay cool out there. All right. And uh, be cool to each other.
1: We know me. I am the Himbo F10Y on Twitter. Don't laugh at the name. That was my girlfriend's suggestion. Uh, (laughs) Full 10 yards and full 10 yards CFB on the Twitter and full 10 yards on the Instagram. We'll be coming at you next week. Me and regular stream commenter Kieran Cassidy talking about the cheeseheads, the Green Bay Packers. We're going to see how pissed off he was about the way that AFC Championship game and see if he wants Matt LaFleur's head on a spike. But for me, that's everything. And I'll see you in the next one.
0: Kick it and go, kick it and kick it and go